Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. Moadim l'simcha. Aguten moed. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Can you got it? Can you got 
Welcome to 
the celebration saluting 25 years singing dancing joyful to the sky no one needs an explanation for the happiness and all the cheers acknowledge honor memories of all these years and I'm so glad I'm here celebrating a time for music 25 25 years of music if I go back my memory <laughs> I'm gonna admit I had to catch up years later because 25 years ago the word video was a misa word by me I couldn't see the video of Hask but later on, I catched up. And you know, I gotta tell you, you know, I remember MBD, when he came on stage for the first time, he was singing with all his heart. I'll tell you, you remember which song he was singing? He was singing, Oy, oy, one day, one day, one day. old man dancing who was that guy what's his name the old man he used to dance on skate oh what should we call it Shlomo Kalbach and he came on stage he sang everybody wants Shlomo Kalbach diet my dear sisters and brothers diet And then I remember it was like yesterday when Fried came, like a man, a Schwarzer Bedel, Fried came on stage, his black buster hit, he sang, I died, did he dumb? I died, did he dumb? I died, did he dumb, dumb, dumb? I died, did he, yeah, yeah, I died, did he dumb? You did he dumb? years ago it was a different style it was more chazanas you remember when health got started oh he took some notes it could cut metal the high C the head voice for me I loved his classic when he when he did the falsetto and he was quetching For me, it was unbelievable. And then Hask involved everybody. They even gave the Swardish a touch. They brought Jo Amar. And Jo Amar did. Ah, 
something you remember the best moments of 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 uh, ask when Burak Chait was shaken away on that song you know he came he was shaken away hey boy deine Hände lacht zum Tag nun Himmel hey boy deine Hände lacht zum Tag That was that Hasidish guy. The Hasidish guy? You're joking, the one who just shaved off his beard? (laughs) 
no, 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 Lisa. Then who was it? Wait a minute, just give me a second. Oh, yeah, I know. It was the guy with the funny glasses. Oh, the funny glasses. No, he ain't Hasidish no more. He's just a Poshetiyid. You know, I'll tell you, today they have all new singers coming out. I just heard before the Maccabees. You think they're new? I know the Maccabees since I'm two years old. Nocha Maccabees, Nocha beat. I was Maccabees up every single day. And then you have that other song. Oh, by the way, hey, move a second. You got a front seat, VIP, and you're sitting next to your wife. You're so lucky Has didn't decide to make their show this year in Bet Shemesh. How does that song, what's that song, the paparazzi song? The, the, not the paparazzi, the Amnon Pizza, how does it go? Paparazzi, Amnon Pizza, Poporebbe, Mitramni, how does it go? Oh, the high part, let me hear. Yala, yala, yalili, how does this, who made that song? Who made that yalili song? Oh, I know who. No, it was, it, it wasn't, no. It was a group, it was the brothers, they sing together with their father. Yes, he made that song. Yalili, he made it, what's his name? Abish, Abish Brot. I know. Anyway, you know, so it's complicated. Let me just do one leap of classic for them. By the way, if you like this, you can't get this. Only in the kosher Gucci stores in Williamsburg. <laughs> but uh, this is one leap of classic I'm giving you. I have trouble with my words. They don't seem to come out clear. And I'm sure you all don't wonder why. I got little education since I grew up in... Where did I grow up? I can't remember. I better get back to school. Catch you later.
Altas time, 
J.M. in the A.M., Chol Hamoid Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, Yessi Green and Shragi Gestetner together on that uh, selection from a uh, an album entitled Varmkite. Lipa with his 25 years medley uh, at uh, one of the uh, Hass concerts, A Time for Music. Sukkis, done by Welcome Back Yom Tov. Hamish Hergish, that was Maishi Mendlewitz, Shlemy Dax, with the uh, first dance and from Regesh Modani opening things up and we say good morning it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web and Nachumsegal.com and the Nachumsegal network and of course on the beloved NSN app golly it's on the background we'll do our news from Israel coming up and then we have uh, other things to discuss, to say the least. It's Wednesday on this October the 7th and 19th of Tishrei. Today is the third day of Cholomoid, the year 5781. Tufshin Pei Aleph. 61 degrees, a gale warning for this area with a mix of sun and clouds and wind gusts later on up to 40 miles per hour. High of 78. Clear with a lot of windy weather tonight. Be careful with the sukkah, everybody. Make sure it's uh, safe and secure before these winds really pick up. Low temperature of 55, and tomorrow's sunshine with a high of 67 degrees. Yushalayim is at 88. We're at 61 in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM and a good moe to Moedim L'Simcha. Galitzal in the background to our news from Israel coming up and then more. Russell Robinson's going to join us, head of the JNF, the Jewish National Fund. He has a, a really interesting project to announce whole bunch of stuff to discuss, which we will get to coming up here at JM in the AM. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Moadim Simcha from JM in the AM. ראש הממשלה נתניהו, נשיא רוסיה פוטין, שוחחו על האיום האיראני והמצב בסוריה. כתובתנו המדינית, מוריה אסרף וולברג. השניים דנו בסוגיות הביטחוניות האזוריות, בתוקפנות האיראנית ובמצב בסוריה. כמו כן, ראש הממשלה שוחח עם פוטין על קידום שיתופי פעולה בין המדינות בנושא המאבק בקורונה. ראש הממשלה גם ייחל לנשיא רוסיה מזל טוב לרגל יום הולדתו שחל היום. הממונה על הקורונה במגזר הערבי, איימן סייף, אומר כי בימים האחרונים חלה ירידה משמעותית במספר הנדבקים בחברה הערבית. זאת בעקבות סיום עונת החתונות והסגר. הוא הדגיש כי לאחר סיום הסגר תוטלנה הגבלות חמורות על ערים אדומות, ולכן הביע תקווה שלא תתקיימנה חתונות ביישובים הערביים גם בחודשים הקרובים. מדבריו הביא כתבנו דורון קדוש. משרד האוצר פרסם תזכיר חוק לקביעת מענק סיוע לנכים בעלות כוללת של 940 מיליון שקל. מדווחת כתבתנו ניב יגור. 
גובה המענק ייקבע בהתאם לסוג הקצבה ואחוזי הנחות. זכאי קצבת נחות כללית בשיעור של 100% נחות יזכה למענק בגובה של 2,280 שקלים. המענק החד פעמי לנכים יינתן במסגרת התוספת לתקציב המדינה ההמשכי, לאחר שהפעימה השנייה בהעלאת קצבאות הנחות לא יצאה לדרך כמתוכנן. לפי תזכיר החוק, המענק ישולם בשתי פעימות, באוקטובר ודצמבר. 200 אלף ישראלים יצאו לחל"ת מאז ראש השנה, כך מעדכן שירות התעסוקה. בימים האחרונים חלה התייצבות בשיעור הנרשמים החדשים, וביממה האחרונה נרשמו 4,256 דורשי עבודה נוספים. עבור 72% מהנרשמים מאז כניסת ההגבלות, מדובר בתקופת האבטלה השנייה מפרוץ המשבר. היסטוריה בפרס נובל לכימיה, שתי חוקרות זכו בפרס היוקרתי על פיתוח שיטה לעריכת גנום, כתבת חדשות החוץ עמלי חביב פרגון. ועדת פרס הנובל הכריזה היום על הזוכות בפרס נובל לכימיה לשנת 2020. הפרופסוריות ג'ניפר דאודנה מארצות הברית ועמנואל צ'רפנטיאר מצרפת. זאת בזכות מחקרן בתחום הגנום האנושי ופיתוח שיטת הקריספר. זו הפעם הראשונה ששתי נשים חולקות את הפרס היוקרתי, ומלבד תואר הכבוד יזכו בעשרה מיליון קרונה שוודית ומדליית זהב. מחר יוענק פרס נובל לספרות ובשישי פרס נובל לשלום. מזג האוויר חם מהרגיל. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. J.M. in the A.M., all those of you who are in the uh, New York, New Jersey area, uh, you likely are following uh, uh, what's going on actually here in New York State. Um, certain decisions by the governor of the state of New York being uh, criticized. Many would say rightfully so. Um, a rough scene yesterday in the middle of Borough Park, Brooklyn, last night, uh, where... Um, Protesters were expressing their displeasure for um, the new regulations that the governor of New York has um, has issued. The Agudas Israel yesterday um, released a statement that Governor Cuomo's surprise mass closure announcement. And the limit of 10 individuals per house of worship in quote-unquote red zones is appalling to all people of religion and good faith. Uh, then a joint statement was released from New York State Senator Simcha Felder, New York State Assemblyman Simcha Eichenstein, New York City Councilman Chaim Deitch, and New York City Councilman Kalman Yeager, which read, We are appalled by Governor Cuomo's words and actions today. He has chosen to pursue a scientifically and constitutionally questionable shutdown of our communities. His administration's utter lack of coordination and communication with local officials has been an ongoing issue since the start of the pandemic, and particularly recently as we face this uptick. Though we are representatives of, quote, hotspot neighborhoods, we have been disincluded from conversation with the governor and his leadership team as they made devastating decisions affecting the people we serve. What occurred today can only be described as a duplicitous bait and switch. The governor informed Jewish community leaders in a conference call that synagogues in red zones would be permitted to operate at 50%, and he requested community cooperation. Outrageously, just hours later, Governor Cuomo announced a draconian return to restrictions that would shutter thousands of New York businesses and limit homes of worship to a maximum capacity of 10, no matter the maximum 
capacity of the building. Even worse, his rhetoric in recent days has been irresponsible and pejorative, particularly to a community of Holocaust survivors and their descendants, for whom his language was reminiscent of past verbal attacks on Jewish communities. Governor Cuomo's choice to single out a particular religious group, complete with a slideshow of photos to highlight his point, was outrageous. His language was dangerous and divisive and left the implication that Orthodox Jews alone are responsible for rising COVID cases in New York State. This implication is not borne out by the state's own data. We will continue to encourage total compliance with mask wearing and social distance guidelines in our communities. In recent weeks, we have seen a vast increase in compliance throughout our communities. We have personally organized massive mask distributions in areas that have seen an uptick in positive cases, distributing hundreds of thousands of masks to our constituents. Sadly, instead of working alongside our community to build on our work, the governor has instead chosen to respond with threats and aggressive enforcement, a tactic which has historically failed in all communities throughout New York. Uh, We, of course, will issue an invitation to the governor to come on the show and to address his uh, situation. Even more seriously, though, the the riots, the protests, the fires, the injuries that were suffered last night in uh, Brooklyn, New York, are to be of great concern to all of us. I'm not saying I'm not supporting the cause, and obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but by the fact that I have just read the entire statement, I completely agree with the four government officials who who took pen to paper to um, to go ahead and condemn the uh, the governor's actions. And the governor's actions are outrageous. And for communities of faith in particular who uh, understand the importance of... Uh, of um, reopening and uh, and building on what we've already done here in New York and not going back to complete lockdown it's a uh, it's particularly disturbing um and then in addition of course the whole element of uh watching groups over the last few months gather demonstrate and uh have their feelings known publicly while so many uh, people of faith have been uh, shut down or criticized or spoken about in a degrading fashion publicly. Uh, Governor, we invite you. Governor Cuomo, get on the air. Discuss with us. Tell this community. Believe me, the conversation will go viral, I guarantee you. Discuss with us. Let me ask questions. I'm pretty good at it. Let me ask you some questions to understand why you're doing what you're doing and why your deceiving notion of cooperation with the community is a complete lie. Um, We invite you. We invite you to address all these issues and to explain yourself to the community, especially if that bait-and-switch thing is true. And I assume it is. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the Agudas Israel organization is going to make that up. <laughs> that they were assured that there would be fifty percent capacity, and that they uh, guaranteed compliance, and that they would do everything in their power to get people to comply. And then he went ahead hours later and created a situation where ten people could gather, uh, no matter what the capacity of the building. If that's true, then that's absolutely outrageous. Not quite sure what to say. Anyway, the invitation to the governor stands, and we will see if there's uh, any response. 
Wednesday morning on this third day of Cholomoid, Russell Robinson and a special guest. Well, he's a special guest, actually. So two special guests will be joining us coming up here at uh, JM in the AM. We'll have that for you at about 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time. He's, of course, the uh, head of the Jewish National Fund, and he's got quite... We have quite a discussion to have with him this morning about uh, what's happening at JNF. We'll do that for you coming up later this hour if you keep it at JM in the AM.
הרגשה מדהימה לא עוצרת, חוסר לצדיק, אותי זה מדביק, נשמה בגופי עוד בוערת. כולם בציון קוראים את התיקון, חזק אותי רבנו. הקור גובר, אך יש חום בלב, מיד רצים לרקוד. אין מה לעשות איתם, הם רק רוצים לרקוד. Thank you. 
Yerushalayim, oh, it is J.M. in the A.M. Emesh Gachech done by Avram Rosenblum. Eitan Katz before that, Ms. Marla David. You heard Rockroad Simler Code, Avishai Eshel. 
Ari Goldwag, brand new. Cholamoid morning. It's Wednesday. It's JM in the AM. Hope you're doing well, everybody. Um, we continue to um, offer the governor of the state of New York this platform to discuss the the crackdown, the uh, surprising crackdown, at least according to the Aguda and according to our government officials, a complete surprise that he's announced regarding houses of worship. Uh, and um, non-essential businesses as well. I think we could toss that into the mix as well. Anyway, so Governor uh, Governor Cuomo, you are invited to participate in a conversation here on the air with us. And we'll, of course, be respectful. We always are. Um, but you'll have an opportunity to uh, really answer the questions that everyone in our community seems to have. Uh, we are in no way uh, condoning the violent and... Uh, and other types of activities that were going on in Brooklyn last night, including setting fires, etc. But uh, it is easy for us to believe or to understand the frustration that the uh, law-abiding, faithful community has in reaction to uh, what the governor has said and done. Um, let's hope community leaders in Brooklyn can calm things down and at the same time set things straight. We hope. Third day Cholamoid here outside of Israel. In Israel, it's the fourth day of Cholamoid, and I hope you're having. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're having a good Cholamoid. Um, it's an unusual one compared to what we are used to. The way our Cholamoid Sukkot and Cholamoid Pesach usually works, but in 2020, everything seems to be different, and that I think we could say is an understatement. All seems to be different, and uh, all seems to be um, difficult. Even after six-plus months, difficult to get used to. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs in Delhi, the world's best. You can now enjoy a 10% discount at kosherdogs.net with promo code RADIO. Again, enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio at kosherdogs.net. And um, right now, A&H hot dogs are available in all Trader Joe's nationwide. I'll tell you, when A&H makes a commitment to get something done, they get it done. And we're the beneficiaries. No matter where you are, every Trader Joe's has A&H hot dogs. How incredible is that? Uh, and again, go to uh, kosherdogs.net, kosherdogs.net, and enjoy a, a wonderful 10% discount with promo code radio. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Torah, Kibasukos Hoshafti Esbene Yisroel, that Hashem caused us to dwell in Sukkos when we left Mitzrayim. The question is asked why is it specifically when we left Mitzrayim that we needed to have the Sukkos? The Zarashimshin explains it's in the same way that immediately after Yom Kippur, 
we begin to prepare for the mitzvah of the sukkah. We take some measure to build the sukkah. And then, a couple of days later, we actually fulfill the mitzvah of sukkos. In the special prayer that we say before entering the sukkah, we say that if perhaps on Yom Kippur it was decreed that we should go into exile, so we can fulfill that exile by going into our sukkos and leaving our houses. In the same way, when Hashem Yisbarach took us out from Mitzrayim, it could be that we were taken out a little bit early and we still needed to complete the requisite number of days and years in terms of our golus, our exile. Hashem said, go into the Sukkos, and in that way, you will have a beautiful way of fulfilling the time that maybe you have to spend in exile. We see from this that Hashem always wants to make us meritorious, to give us the easiest possible beautiful life. As it says, that Hashem's ways are pleasant ways, and all the pathways are peaceful. There were Jews who so loved the mitzvah of sukkah that even in the time of the Holocaust refused to eat even a crumb outside of the sukkah. The great Klosenberger Rebbe was once fearing Tish. He had a special celebration in a small sukkah in Kiryat Sanz. There, people had crowded in just to see the Rebbe, just to hear the Klosenberger Rebbe's Torah, and to maybe get a little bit of the shrayim of the remnants of the Rebbe's food. There was one Yid who was half out of the sukkah. His head was out of the sukkah, and he took a little piece of the shrayim of the special food from the Klosenberger Rebbe, and he was about to eat it. The Klosenberger Rebbe said, you're out of the sukkah. How can you eat that shrayim? He said, I want you to know that by us eating out of the sukkah, even a mashahu is like eating a mashahu on Pesach of chametz, eating the smallest bit of leaven on Pesach itself. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. with Eitan Freiluch. Avram Fried before that with Key here, Bay. So Wednesday morning, it's Chol Hamoed here at J.M. in the A.M. Two very special guests with us live via telephone on this uh, Wednesday Chol Hamoed morning. Russell Robinson is uh, the longtime and uh, very effective, I might add, an amazing leader. Uh, the longtime um, head of the Jewish National Fund, uh, who, by the way, who, by the way, I have to, I have to give him credit. I'm, I'm, I don't know if he did this because he remembered my uh, insistence eight years ago when we founded the Nachum Siegel Network. Some of you may recall, uh, eight years ago when we founded the Nachum Siegel Network, I said that there's no way I could have the official opening of the network without a tree being planted by JNF in honor of the network. And in fact, the certificate hangs on our wall right here in our main studio in New York City. And then when we, uh, when we, uh, we had heard that the, the topic of this morning's conversation is going to be Torahs, literally, Sifrei Torah. We're coming up to Simchas Torah, everybody, this coming Shabbos in Israel, this coming Sunday outside of Israel. Uh, JNF is involved in a Torah project, a multiple Torah project. And sure enough, this week, uh, I got a certificate from the Jewish National Fund and their Be Inscribed program with a specific pasuk, a specific verse from Bamidbar on the certificate. And it says, this text has been inscribed in a Torah atop Masada and is now a sacred part of history. And the verse has been inscribed in honor of Nahum Siegel in a Torah, uh, with uh, which, and we'll go into detail about this Torah in a minute, uh, with gratitude, Russell F. Robinson. Uh, Russell Robinson, a pleasure. Happy, healthy, and sweet New Year, and a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nachum, thank you very much. Happy and sweet, healthy New Year to you and your listeners. Really, it's a, it's a treat, and now the tree is important because uh, the tree not only symbolizes something that was planted in Israel in your honor, and it grows, but it grows the way that your radio station is growing. It, it spreads its wings. It gives out, uh, um, you know, comfort, and it gives out that information of fall or winter, and that is what you do. And now with the Be Inscribed, we'll talk about it. You get the continuation of Jewish life 2,000 years ago that people thought was over. Appreciate that very much. And having uh, people like you recognize what we do here is much appreciated. And uh, we'll talk more about the uh, the Torah project in a moment. I do want to mention that we have another special guest with us live via telephone, and and both you and he will explain why um, uh, his presence this morning is so important. His name is Naftali Aklum. Naftali was born in Ethiopia in 1979. Was among the first group of Jews to make Aliyah via the Sudan. 
He works as an advocate for Ethiopian Israelis, striving to raise awareness about Jewish Ethiopian history and to strengthen Ethiopian Israeli identity. He strongly believes that through education and self-confidence, the Ethiopian community throughout Israel will flourish. Naftali uh, discusses uh, Ethiopian Jewish history, culture, and the unique challenges faced by the Ethiopian Jewish community living in Israel. And the Netflix, the Netflix presentation, the Red Sea Diving Resort, is based on the true story of his brother, Fereda who championed Ethiopian migration to Israel. And I know a lot of people in this audience saw that uh, movie, um, and, uh, and uh, it is his brother um, on whom the, uh, the story is based. Uh, Naftali, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nahum. Moadim uh, Lefimcha to all the listeners. So we have Russell Robinson, Chief Executive Officer, Leader of the JNF. We have Naftali with us live via telephone. And Russell, if you don't mind, I have to start with one question for Naftali. Naftali, I, I had the privilege of having a member of the Ethiopian Jewish community at my Shabbos table a little while back, before COVID. I've told this story before on the air. Uh, and uh, he was an exchange student from Addis Ababa. He was actually in school here and um, was describing to us how desperately his family is trying to leave Ethiopia and get to Israel. I don't think till this point that has happened yet. But I said to him, what, what are you thinking as you sit here among American Jews uh, having described to us what a typical meal is for you in Addis Ababa, and trust me, it's not too extensive, as you, I'm sure, are familiar. Uh, what are your feelings as you're going through this, uh, you know, I- incredible Shabbat meal with this unbelievable menu and all this luxury? What are your thoughts being in a situation like this? And he said to me, "I have one thought, and that is, I look around and say, how is it possible that every single person here can live in Israel?" And they have chosen not to. Naftali, what is your reaction to that story? Well, uh, you know, I would I would want all the Jews to come and live here in Israel with us. But um, everyone have a mission. Uh, you know, the Jews in America um, have a mission to uh, uh, to be there and to protect the state of Israel and to help. The country uh, from America, and we are here. Uh, need to do what we have to do here. So I guess everyone has their own mission. And about the Jews that still in Ethiopia, I really hope that they will come as soon as possible. I can tell you now that with the uh, new minister of immigration, Prina Tamanoshata, there is a big chance that in the next year, all of them will come to Israel and will make Aliyah. A, uh, a, a a really nice, a, a polite answer. I'm going to be a little bit tougher on my community here and be a little bit stronger about the need to get to Israel as soon as possible, but your diplomatic response is much appreciated, and the fact that you've given us a somewhat of a pass is certainly appreciated. Russell, how is it that JNF, it seems, at least from my vantage point, always forms really solid relationships with immigrant groups 
to Israel, whether it be the former Soviet Union, Ethiopia, and we'll talk more about the relationship in a moment. Uh, how is it that this always seems seems to develop, that as uh, people from countries around the world gravitate toward Israel and are in tremendous need, you know the transition to Israel creates tremendous needs in specific communities. How is it that the JNF always seems to be there for them? So uh, I think that, that is a, uh, it's a great question because it really deals with a statement that we make all the time. Our relationships, our work, our people are not dealing in the hallways of the Knesset, but they're dealing on the streets of Beersheba and Kiryat Shemona, on Akko and Steyrot in the Arava. Now, why does that mean anything? Is that, you know, it is a, a relationship between the diaspora and Israel. A relationship that, let's face it, it's, it's a relationship that started when Abraham said, Lech Lecha, go forward to a new land. No one else. No other people have a land as part of their existence except the Jewish people. So in that relationship, we can get caught and bogged down into a hallway conversation in the Knesset, or you can get really revitalized and, and, and passionate when you have a, a, a conversation on the streets of Steyrot with a Naftali, when you, look, you know, meet an Avi, and when you meet a Sarit in Steyrot, and when you get to know these people and you get to help build a nation still in their creation, your part of 4,000 plus years of Lefahat continuing. No question about it. And it seems like the building doesn't end. Even COVID doesn't uh, allow the building of the Jewish National Fund to end. Uh, you had a goal, a specific goal for your uh, 2020 campaign. Uh, it was in the 90 millions of dollars it has raised, you just announced a record high of $100 million with all the challenges. And you know that one of the benefits of COVID is that, for instance, this audience has grown like crazy. People are gravitating toward anything having to do with community. But the fundraising is not easy, and many organizations would agree with me on that. How is it that JNF has met this challenge at such a difficult time? So I could talk about organizationally. We were set up for this without knowing we were. We were an efficient, effective organization dealing with offices that were dealing remotely anyway. We had central processing areas, and people were ready for it when it happened. But it's people like Naftali, our affiliates in Israel, all of our work. We come together under vision, and then we try to, in that vision, figure out what are all the elements that we have to do to produce that objective. And when COVID hit, we started putting all of our affiliates together. So we didn't go into paralysis, nor on the fundraising. Over 10,000 phone calls were made by our volunteers, just wellness calls. We kept Zoom calls. We had some Zoom calls with three and 5,000 people. And if anybody wants to go on jnf-danif.org forward slash on demand, we have a continued programs going on every single day. Then we started something, Nakam. We started a virtual mission. It was kind of an experiment with a real guide in Israel waking up sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, two hours a day, Monday through Friday, and we have 4,200 people who have signed up or, or will be going on our virtual missions, and you can come on any of them. And they're wonderful opportunities. You've been to Israel a hundred times. You'll see something you never saw before. So we weren't in paralysis. We got our affiliates working together. And together, we did some incredible work in Israel, having volunteers pick fruit off of crops in the Arava that couldn't go to Europe, packaging them by our young leaders, people like Naftali, packaging them and then delivering them to Holocaust survivors and seniors. 
That is working together. Don't sit in paralysis. Don't go oive. Figure out how we make things happen. We have to be the doers. So even if someone announces a $1 billion campaign, and you'll recall you had an announcement like that just a while back, uh, one shouldn't think it's unachievable. One should think that now you could be, and you are, over $700 million toward that $1 billion. Not only is it not unachievable, it really deals with the safer Torah we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, this is, uh, and I'll kind of walk into it a little bit here. We're writing and have ascribed doing Torahs on top of Masada at a place in which 2,000 years ago scraps of Torah were found right. from a group of people who thought it was the end of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And now, well, if we think it's the end, maybe. But if we never think it's the end, we keep building. And I still tell people all the time, our Jewish world is greater today than any time. We have a growing Jewish community in America. We have a strength. Our fastest group of our growing donor demographics are 22 to 40-year-olds throughout the United States. We have a high school in Israel that has 110 students from America there now for a semester abroad, and we're sold out for the rest of the year because young people want to connect to this 4,000-year dream of Lech Lecha. Let us dream, let us believe, and let us do, because that's the world of the Jewish people. Yeah. Look, we know this from your work with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. You take a look at the demographics of the lone soldiers and others, and uh, they're from every kind of Jewish background in the United States. They're from... Uh, just uh, uh, amazing families that could be of any uh, uh, of any uh, ritual observance. Some from no, from no observance whatsoever, but they have this incredible connection to the land. Uh, you mentioned Masada in. Um uh, Masada is Israel's second most visited tourist destination, over a million people annually. In 2004, the room attached to the synagogue that houses the Sefer Torahs was completely restored. Known as the Geniza, a Torah was placed in the Ark of the Geniza, making the profound statement that we are backed. The Geniza was reconditioned in 2008 to comfortably house a scribe behind the glass wall, affording all visitors to Masada the opportunity to view him at work. Today, the scribe is creating new Torahs for JNF and the Be Inscribed project in the exact same spot used thousands of years ago. Everybody is invited to participate in the Be Inscribed program. It's literally jnf.org slash be inscribed, jnf.org be inscribed, and you have an opportunity to uh, uh, to purchase a, a verse, a letter, a word, whatever it is you'd like, and be part of this project. And um, and uh, be uh, and be part of uh, be part of a uh, two thousand year history uh, atop of uh, of Masada. Uh, Naftali, is your celebration uh, any different than uh, than other Simchat Torah celebrations that we would be used to? So. Um... A little bit before that, uh, Ethiopian Jews came to Ethiopia after the destruction of the first temple. Uh, we believe that we are the tribe of Dan. Uh, the Ethiopian Jews never had oral Torah. The only Torah we kept uh, is the written Torah. Right. And the reason is uh, because we were isolated community from the rest of the Jewish world. Uh, Ethiopian Jews did not celebrate Simchat Torah in Ethiopia because it's a holiday from the Oral Torah. Right. But the importance of the Torah to the Ethiopian Jews is simply so great. And uh, the importance of the Torah to the Ethiopian Jews is something that actually allowed this community to maintain its Judaism throughout 2,500 years in exile. 
The Torah is what kept the community united. The Torah is what kept the longing of Ethiopian Jews for Zion, Jerusalem. And the reason we are in Israel today is because of the Holy Torah. But I would like to, uh, I must mention Russell Robinson and the organization he leads, uh, JNF USA, who for years understands the importance of uh, bringing the story of Ethiopian Jews to the forefront in Israeli society and in the Jewish world in general. About a year and a half ago, the JNF printed and translated the book, The Power of One, a book that gives an overview of the history of the Ethiopian Jews and tells the life story of my pioneering brother in bringing Ethiopian Jews through Sudan to Israel. JNF, listen, Nahum, uh, JNF donated to print and translated 500 books from its original Hebrew into English. Um, and in addition, Mr. Rice, Mr. Russell decided that this year JNF will put a Torah scroll to the first synagogue of Ethiopian Jews in Israel, <laughs> which is located in Beersheba. The event was supposed to be a big event, but because of COVID-19, it was a bit postponed, but I'm sure uh, that in the future we will celebrate we will celebrate it big, and this is uh, uh, another opportunity for me to thank Russell personally and to this family called JNF. For me, JNF is not organization. It's really a family. Uh, I understand that, and Russell, I guess this was a need uh, of the Ethiopian community that you again responded to. So this is a, a, a great story. I think that um, we every time a tour is finished, and people could do uh, like you said, they could scribe a letter, a word, a verse, a paragraph, a, a chapter onto the Torah. And when the Torah is finished, we try to give it to, to one of our donors. Usually, donates it and then gives it to one of our affiliates. So we have one at our Alexander Muss High School in Israel. Uh, we have a Torah at a synagogue in in uh, um, in the Gaza envelope. Okay, in a in a synagogue that never was there, literally is there today. It's five yards away from the wall, and here is an active synagogue saying to our enemies, "We are here." It really tells the story of of wow that that that. Torah is more than just a Torah. It's a symbol. We are here. 2,000 years ago, you thought we're gone. We're here. The firefighters, there's a donor who gave it to the firefighter. And Naftali called and wanted to donate a Torah to the Ethiopian synagogue in Beersheba, where we work. And he said to me, listen, I'm going to raise some money, and, I'll, and I could do a couple hundred dollars here and a couple hundred dollars there, and I'll send it. And immediately, one of our donors heard that uh, they wanted the synagogue and said, you know what? Anonymously, I want that Torah. I want it in the name of Naftali's father. I don't know if he knows that right now. And when that Torah is finished, we're going to have the Ethiopian community come up to, to Masada. And we're hopefully will be there. I'll be there. And we'll dance down that Torah down Masada. We're going to dance that Torah into that Ethiopian synagogue. And just imagine, Nakam, that certificate that is in your room right now. Like the tree certificate that grew, that certificate, your words that keep spreading the word of the Jewish people every single day, that word comes out of a Torah that is sitting on an Ethiopian synagogue, sitting in Israel from a community thousands of years ago, from a Torah that was made from a place that they thought we weren't around thousands of years ago, and has his father's name on it, and for the next 
hundreds and hundreds of years will be celebrated and learned from, and it's an honor for Jewish National Fund to be part of it. Naftali, uh, is this the first time you're aware that this is being done in memory of your father? Well, uh, when I knew that uh, Russell and JNF is thinking of uh, putting a Torah in the synagogue here in uh, Be'er Sheva, but yes, the first time uh, knowing for sure that uh, this Torah will be under the name of my father, and if you would see me now, I'm very excited. Like, you know, it's not only it's not only me and my family, but the whole community here in Beersheba. We have more than 10,000 Ethiopian Jews living in the city of Beersheba, the first city that one of the first city that received the Ethiopian Jews in the 80s. And to hear news like that, that uh, people from our brothers and sisters from America coming and donating a Torah to our synagogue. That's the beauty of being a Jew, of being part of what we call the Jewish people. So once again, Russell, I love you. Uh, I love your family, which is JNF. I don't want to call it organization no more. It's not organization. <laughs> it's one big family that take care of each other. Did your father ever make it to Israel? My father, yes. Uh, he he made it to Israel. He lived here 30 years. He passed away 11 years ago. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, our parents, uh, the old people, for them, the most important thing was to make it to Israel, to fulfill that dream, to be in Jerusalem. And uh, I guess he is resting in peace because he uh, built the family here. Uh, his son uh, opened the gates for the Ethiopian Jews to come to Israel. Another son of him became the first Ethiopian officer in the IDF in 1986. He was a paratrooper. So he's resting in peace. And uh, now uh, the JNF is giving him a special gift, a Torah, uh, after his name. So I hope it will, go, it will do good for him uh, in heaven. Absolutely amazing. Become a part of history, everybody. Inscribe a letter, word, or portion of the Torah being written on top of Masada. The uh, website's pretty easy. Beinscribed.org. Beinscribed.org for information. Naftali, is there a um, an official or unofficial rabbi who leads the Ethiopian community of Israel? Uh, well, yes, there is official rabbi for the Ethiopian Jews, uh, like chief rabbi for the Ethiopian Jews here in Israel. But every city have their own rabbi. So in Beersheba we have rabbi. In Ashkelon they have Ethiopian rabbi. Uh, we, yeah, so we, we have rabbi in, in every city, but we have one chief rabbi uh, that controls the whole country. How many Jews right now, in your opinion, how many Jews right now would like to leave Ethiopia and go to Israel? So in Ethiopia we have still 7,500 Ethiopian Jews that waiting in the camps in Gondor and in Addis Ababa. And today in Israel we have 150,000 Ethiopian Jews, which is less than 2% of the population here in Israel. Uh, the, the person I mentioned to you, the student who was at my Shabbos table, actually said to us that his family moved closer to the big city at great peril to the family, uh, only because it would make the process easier to eventually get to Israel. So people are making sacrifices, even while staying in Ethiopia, they're making sacrifices to get to Israel. So, 
I don't know if you're still in contact with that uh, 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 person that visits your house, uh, but you should tell him that the government uh, come to a conclusion and they have a decision that uh, until the end of 2020, another 2,000 will come, and we hope that the other uh, uh, 5,500 uh, will come in 2021. Wow, amazing. The 2,000 will come until the end of this year. Russell, the work's not letting up. You have a lot of work to do. Well, I have a lot of work to go, and I'm going to give a pitch to everybody. When you come to Israel, when we're able to travel to Israel, I don't want you to talk about Ethiopian food as bad. You go, and uh, Naftali <laughs> will give his uh, email address as well. He runs a program in Beersheba where you can come into the homes, have home cooking, come into the synagogue. It's a uh, really exquisite experience. You'll see the synagogue, the, the Torah, in which you have a be inscribed uh, uh, a part of uh uh, and you can and or have uh, home hospitality in Ethiopian's homes, and you could you you can have Naftali as your brother because he's my brother, but everybody else you can. Amazing. Uh, the website is beinscribed.org. Mazal tov to those who are going to benefit uh, from this Sefer Torah project from the JNF. Uh, this coming Sunday, outside of Israel, is Simchat Torah. Inside Israel, it's this coming Shabbat. And uh, Naftali, I just want you to know, you know, I, I mentioned before I asked you about the differences between the, uh, you know, Simchat Torah, and you had, you had mentioned uh, why it was not uh, observed in your community. But one thing I will tell you, in, back in 2014, we, as part of our Jewish Unity Initiative, we were in Sterot, uh to um, donate a Sefer Torah to the Ethiopian shul in Sterot. It was something done here by the uh, Jacob and Rosazada families. And uh, and we were honestly, honestly, you know what a Hachnasat Sefer Torah is like. You know what a celebration Russell described yeah, it yeah, before. Of course, of so course, honestly, of we, we we were on our way to Stay Road, and we were saying to ourselves, and we were bringing the musician. So we were saying to ourselves, oh no, you know, maybe the songs are probably very different, a different liturgy, a different tradition. You know, what what do they sing in the Ethiopian community when it comes to Hachnasat Sefer Torah? Were you able to fit in? Is it going to is it going to be awkward? And sure enough, the celebration started and. The the community sang the exact same songs that we sing when we are celebrating uh, a hachnasat sefer Torah. And I thought that was significant because the more we learn how different we are, the more we learn how Baruch Hashem, how much uh, more we have in common. And I think that's a really important thing, especially now during this holiday of Sukkot, as we talk about the yeah. uh, coming together of all the Arba Minim and what they symbolize. I think it's really important to remember that everybody we discussed in this conversation, in fact, are our brothers and sisters. True, true. And uh, I can tell you that, you know, today in Israel, of course, the Ethiopian Jews do celebrate Sibha Torah. Right. And in the synagogue uh, here in Beersheba, uh, every year there is a big celebration. We're taking out the Sifre Torah out to the street. We're dancing Ethiopian music, uh, Hebrew music, Hasidim music. Uh, unfortunately, this year uh, we are in lockdown, so I don't think we will be able to celebrate the way we want to celebrate. But um, but it's, it's, it's something to see. It's something to see, uh, and I hope that next year uh, your listeners will be able to come, and if they will be in, uh, in Beresheva, they are more than welcome uh, to visit the synagogue. If they want more info about my project, they can log on to JewsOfEthiopia.com 
and they will have all the info over there. I can't wait to meet you, Naftali Aklum. Those of you who've seen the uh, the movie The Red Sea Diving Resort that was on Netflix, it's based on a true story of Naftali's brother, so that gives you some context. And he was born back in 1979 and was among the first group of Jews to make Aliyah from Ethiopia. Um, uh, go to the website, beinscribed.org, for information about the Safer Torah project that we described here this morning at JMN with Simchas Torah right around the corner. You may want to consider being a... Uh, uh, a partner in the efforts of JNF and the chief executive officer, of course, of JNF is Russell Robinson. Russell, Tadarabat to you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much because you are, again, you're the inspiration of, in, in, in words and action to our people. And I can't uh, really, I, I, I'm not saying it because I'm talking to you on the phone or on the radio here. I'm telling you that when you're able to get people like you, who are going to tell our great stories about how great we are as Jewish people, that the greatest moment of Jewish life is today. An Ethiopian Jew talking to you from Beersheba about his synagogue, uh, a Jew from New York, a Jew from New York and Texas originally, and, and we're bringing the conversation all into one, that the next thousand years of the Jewish people are some of the greatest, and we just have to seize the moment. Take down the walls and start a conversation, and it will be the greatest conversation our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, children yet unborn will be part of. You know, Russell, I, before I let you go, uh, COVID notwithstanding, uh, the point you're making is so important for people to remember, and it's something that maybe people should mention at the Yontif table this coming Friday night to their children and grandchildren. Uh, anybody, anybody... Uh, and I think I could say this with great confidence, although I'm sure someone will argue with me. Anybody in Jewish history of the last one to 2,000 years would give anything to be part of this generation, part of this incredible celebration of life, of Torah, and the, and the world Jewish situation you just described uh, during now, uh, the year 2020. And I think it's really important to remember the privilege we have uh, to be involved at a time like this in history, so I'm glad you pointed that out. Russell, happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Chag Sameach. Thank you so much. We will be in touch. Chag Sameach. Thank you. Naftali, my brother. My love to my family. Naftali, kolakavot to you. Todaraba and Chag Sameach and Shana Tova. Shana Tova, Chag Sameach. I have a good friend, Vior Sinai, uh, running Alexander Mayhas, uh, Mass High School in Israel. He's always finishing uh, with the saying, Am Israel Chai. Am Israel Chai is right. Thank you. Tadaraba. Wednesday morning, Kolamoi. This is JM in the AM. Shenosana Kodesh Boruhu Esato Yiru Tsipoi Redloitzavach Oi Fenloi Borach Shoi Loigo Fanim lo yofu, zerof lo yomru kodosh. Ayom aloi nistalza, abri yoy sloi dimeru. Eloi lom shoy sek umacharim. Shenosana kodesh boruchu esato yeru. Sipoi <laughs> <laughs>
Serafim la yawam rukadosh Ayom alay nizdaza Abri yoy slay diberu Elohi lam shoysek Umacharish Viyatzam akoy Viyatzam akoy Onoichi Hashem Elohikecho Kodesh Baruchu, Esat Oyiru. Sipoyir Eloi Tzavach, Oif Loi Parach, Shoyir Loi Goor, Ifanim Loi Yofu, Sirofim Loi Yom Kodosh. Hayom Eloi Nizdaza, Habriyois Loi Dibri.
ללמוד תחת עכשיו גם קרניים שולחת יוקדת רותחת שורפת וגם מרפאי כמו אימא בחום היא עוטפת אותך עד שבא לו Thank you. 
Moisha. Did he check your WhatsApp? I left your WhatsApp. Uh, it's about, yeah. I saw an but then I showed it was going to be a crazy concert. It was a big dog. She left over. Ellie Schwebel left over. Give me some to a DJ. And I'm to myself. You got tickets? Call, call me, me, Shalera. Shabbat 
יוצא מהמשרד, יושב ליד פסנתר. מחכה שהשירה תרד מהשמיים. שם היצירה פתוח בשמיים, וכל מי שזוכר להשתמש בו. אתה כיפולי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי. ואתן לכולם שמחה. אתה כיפו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי, ואתן לכולם שמחה. הנה עוד סוף שבוע, מנסה לכתוב, מחפש. מבקש את השירה. השבוע שחלף היה עמוס מאוד, השירה הזו תיתן לי ברכה. אתה תיתנו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי. ואתן לכולם שמחה. אתה תקנוי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי, ואתן לכולם שמחה. שירה יתרה כמו נשמה שנייה, שנכנסת בערב שבת. שירה יצאה כמו נשמה שנייה שתחזור ותאיר את השמיים.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday, Cholamoid. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Moadim Simcha, good moed, everybody. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.